Craft Beer Radio, episode 30, February 2nd, 2006. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. I figure there's no need for the intro anymore since we're on the 30th show already. But we're always getting new listeners. But it's a show for craft beer and craft brewing industry. Everyone okay. knows it. Well, they do now. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. This week, uh, what is it? Just sort of like a hop... Uh... It's a uh, spring cleaning type show, because I didn't have time to put the other full thing, but it turned into sort of kind of a scheme. Uh, we got some IPAs, we got some Hoppy American Pilsners. We're going to be drinking those tonight. Sounds good. Uh, let's go into business, first of all. The iTunes podcast page is, is a featured category of wine, beer, mixology, and we were one of the honored podcasts to be listed. However, they decided to list our extras feed and not our main show feed. We have to thank James Spencer. Thank you very much, James. He Absolutely. let us know that we were featured, and... Uh, I was at work and I couldn't record an MP3, so I asked him, if you wouldn't mind, could you put this up, or record this for me? So he was able to put up a little vocal redirect, the, the if you will, telling right. him that if you found this and you're looking for our main show, just search for Craft Beer Radio on the feed. So if you're a new listener who saw us on the iTunes featured uh, category today, let us know. We'd be really interested, and we hope you enjoy the show. It looks like it's about truth time for the CBR multi-brew experiment. Ours is ready, and uh, the target was to have the beers ready to ship by February 10th. Jeff sent an email to everyone who participated. The, the basic gist is that everyone sends the beer over to us, and then we're going to sort the beer out and give everybody a six-pack of everybody else's beer. Then they can taste it and probably have a special show. We'll stick in the extras where we're tasting them. Yeah, we'll definitely have a show where we taste the beer. I'll send an email to everyone who participated and give them all the details so they can get the beer here and send the return postage via PayPal or in the package if they prefer. We've been getting some emails. People were a little confused about our website. So here's some things you can find on craftbeerradio.com. You can get notes on all the shows with links to the news and the beers we tasted on the shows. You can also find a list of our upcoming beers. Our email announcement mailing list that will notify you of new shows. And you'll also find a link to our Frapper map. You can see where other CBR listeners live and put your spot in there. You can get directions on how to subscribe to our podcast and other podcasts. A link to get uh, ooh, a CBR t-shirt from Cafe Press. You can read comments from other listeners on past shows. There's a link to our media kit for prospective sponsors. And there's on the right-hand side a list of other beer podcasts. And that's about it. That's all you can find, really. Short, functional web page, yeah. and uh, hopefully you are able to find all that stuff. We should have a little treasure hunt so you can <laughs> find all the stuff. You can't really find anything else. It's not, it's not Google or anything like that. No, not really. Today is Groundhog's Day, the day that Punk's Tony Phil, the groundhog, comes out of his hole and looks for a shadow. If he sees a shadow, it means six more weeks of winter beers. If he does not see a shadow, it means spring beers are right around the corner. Let's go live via satellite to Greg to get the report. Greg, is it my box or Imperial Stouts? Thank you, Jeff. Well, sources close to Phil say he's itching to wear some t-shirts that he bought from sudsgear.com with the coupon code CBR, saving 10% on his order. 
So I'd expect him to turn a blind eye to his shadow, but then again, that fat little rodent does love a good winter warmer, so I think it's too close to call. That's fascinating, Greg. Are you saying that Phil, a groundhog, drinks craft beer and is able to use a computer? I find... Jeff, 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 I don't have to stop you. Phil's coming out of his hole. He's looking around. What is that little rat thing he said? He, oh, he sees his shadow. He ran back in. Uh, that stupid rat. But hey, he's looking like he's cracking open a bottle of Brooklyn's Monster Barley Wine. That means six more weeks of winter beer. You've heard it here first. Reporting for CBR Action News, this is Greg Weiss. Back to you. Thanks, Greg, for that Pulitzer Prize winning reporting. To recap, six more weeks of winter beers. You can get 10% off your order at sudsgear.com if you use the coupon code CBR. Good night, and thank you for watching CBR Action News. Oh, that was silly enough, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it uh, was. These are, there are several ways you can give us feedback. You can post a comment on our website, craftbeerradio.com. Vote for us on Podcast Alley and leave us a comment. It's a brand new month. Mm-hmm. Call our comment line at 206-202-BEER. Send an email or audio comment to our email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can't send us a telegram. No, you cannot send us so, a telegram. Too bad. Too late for that one. Emails. Rick from the Netherlands says he knows our Trappist show was quite a while ago, but he just listened to it. He wanted to make sure uh, he didn't miss a website that we're going to post on our show notes. That is a great Belgian site that's covering the Trappist ales. And an absolute high point from, and I saw these pictures that were great, were pictures of the West Lateran Brewery. They were very cool. The one monk, I think is, um, oh, I forget his name. It's not Jeffrey. That's my name. <laughs> it's a, it's the head monk there. I've seen pictures of him before. He's he's walking around the tour wearing his robe and sandals. And the uh, brewery's high tech. Yeah, I was expecting old wooden vats the, or something. The, the whole the 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 brewery um, floor where, where I guess the, the the kettles are that reminded me a lot of Otaru. The Otaru okay. brewery had the same sort of kettles. The picture that stands out in my mind the most is when they had just huge amounts of the beer, just bottles and bottles oh, and bottles yeah. stacked up. I was my mouth was watering. <laughs> David in Philly writes in, have you guys considered doing a live show or beer tasting? We have been considering doing it, and we'll probably do it once winter is gone and people want to go outside. Biggest problem that I need to find an answer to is I'm going to need a PA system, because us talking at this levels in the microphones, yeah, that's, that's people the big aren't going to hear us in a restaurant or a bar. I mean, we tried that with the um, with the Spaten, right? With the Spaten Oktoberfest, we went to... Uh a restaurant and tried it there and you could hear it no you, you listeners could hear us but if there was yeah. a live audience they yeah. couldn't hear us we'd need a pa system oh like a live show public address we do yeah. yeah oh I, I guess it's possible uh the guys at church brewers want us to do a live show really so yeah i've been dropping the ball on it i think i'm gonna wait till it gets warm out maybe maybe not all the way to daylight savings time but you know sometime when people actually want to go outside we're going to do a show down at the Church Brew Works. I'm co-host, and I didn't even know that. I should read your emails. Jeez. Jamie writes that he's been looking around forever, and he saw Anderson Valley's Winter Solstice at a local shop, but he hesitated when he saw it was ten ninety nine for a six-pack. So it is kind of a lot, but he bought it anyway, and he's really happy he did. It's excellent. That's absolutely true. It's an excellent beer. He says he knows it's hard, but he wants us to keep mentioning beer names as we're drinking, because he usually works out while he listens, and sometimes he gets distracted. Ben from Ithaca writes in. He's catching up with episodes after being away for a few weeks. We mentioned we were going to be doing some Schwartz beers, and he just thought he'd mention the Saranac Black Forest, which he thinks we can get in PA, and yes, we can. can. Stacy from Pittsburgh writes, she enjoyed listening to us drunk in the barley wine shows. 
which we certainly got drunk. And she liked the Steeler intro music. Good call, Jeff. I wasn't so sure on that one, but Jeff was right. She says she had her first barley wine two weeks ago, Lagunitas Brown Sugar. Does that really qualify as a barley wine? It's close. I'm not sure if it is or not. It's a great beer. (laughs) It is. Uh, She liked it very much. She's now seeking out more of the type. That type... Yeah, you're not gonna if you're not gonna find other barley wines that are a lot like brown sugar. What's the one we had last week that that I really liked? That Talon? had the sort of the, the the caramel tasting. Bigfoot, Talon was was it the big? I forget. Listen to last week's show. The one the one that I had number one. She had a few sips of her friend's blithering idiot, and she didn't like it. Some of the Weyerbacher beers take a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the Blithering Idiot. If you want to try some good stuff from Weyerbacher, try the stuff they put in oak. I tend to like the stuff in oak better than the regular offerings. Or their Raspberry Imperial Stout is very good. That's good. Their Winter Seasonal I had was pretty good. Oh, yeah, that was really good, too. What was that thing we all... The the big... Decadence. Yeah, Decadence. That was great. Their 10th anniversary beer. That That was was really good. Rory, the Irishman in Sweden, writes... We are exposed to other beers on this Atlantic, but your show is still invaluable for information for those of us lucky to sample some of the U.S. craft beers. My brother got married in Massachusetts last October. I spent several days hunting down American craft beers you mentioned on your show. Great. I hope you don't mind some feedback on beer staling oxidation. Greg made a comment on high-alcohol barley wines preventing oxidation. This is inaccurate, as high-alcohol content will not stop oxygen from doing its damage. In fact, higher ethanol content in beer means that Larger volumes of vinegar can be produced. Barley wines and strong Belgian ales can unfortunately be more susceptible to going stale. I thought you, I probably was a little bit wrong. I thought you intended on saying that oxidation isn't as apparent in barley wines. That's probably the case because barley wines have such strong flavors. And, it's and a little bit of oxidation is okay for the style. That's what I thought you meant, but I have to, he gave us the exact time that this happened. So we'll go back and listen. 21 minutes, 20 seconds. So, so we'll go back and that. listen and see if you misspoke or if you were wrong or you just didn't do a good job conveying your point. But, but uh, thanks I, for I'm the I'm guessing info. it was all three. <laughs> but thank you for the info, Rory. Andy from Virginia wanted us to know that he visited the Dogfish Head Ale House in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and tried some three-year-old worldwide stout. Wow, that's got to be great. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it says it wasn't what he expected in a good way, very much like a port than a stout. How did they do that? That's just their Dogfish Head. They, it's, can, they can do things like that. Yeah. He would have tried this beer before our podcast, so that's cool. another mission accomplished for us. Yes. Dr. Steve from Michigan. He's heading to Morocco at the end of February. If he can score some Moroccan beer, which is horrible as far as he knows, he will try to swing a few bottles our way. Awesome. On the trip, he also has a 12-hour layover in Frankfurt. The airport is about a 15-minute ride from the middle of town. So he asked if we had any insight on German beers since he doesn't know much about it. I've never been to Germany, and I know there's a lot of small breweries and everything. In my personal opinion, I would look for as many Weissens alt beers and Kolsch's as I could, simply because I enjoyed those right. more than the standard German lagers. But I would also try out a Pilsner or two just to get some local taste of yeah. you know what everyone's drinking. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely go for a Weizen. And is, is the hoppy Pilsner, is that sort of a German thing, or is that more of an interpretation? Um, they're not going to be as hoppy, and the hoppier ones are the Bohemian Pilsners, mm-hmm. the, the ones from Czech Republic and everything, the Bavarian Pilsners. Now, I don't know where Frankfurt is and where that falls on um, the classic geography of Germany. I'm in, in that area, I'm a little rusty on. So if anyone has some experience with Frankfurt and has some can't-miss beers for Steve, let us know. Maybe if you want some maltiness, go for a Dunkel. 
He also writes, hangovers are caused by toxic stuff circulating around in your system due to the liver insufficiently processing ethanol. More alcohol equals higher load on your liver. Eventually, you outweigh your liver's ability to cope and you produce a hangover. Interestingly, cheaper liquors and wines produce a meaner hangover because they have a higher percentage of methanol, the wood alcohol that makes mountain people go blind. <laughs> Particularly dark-colored cheap alcohols are notorious for this and contain over 5% methanol. I like how I put his little pow there. The cure or prevention for hangovers is milk thistle. The plant is a miracle for the liver. In Asia and Europe, pure milk thistle extracts are kept on IV for acute mushroom poisoning patients. Interesting. Milk thistle protects liver cells and regenerates them, as well as slightly enhancing the liver's ability to detoxify chemicals like alcohol. If you take a decent dose before and after drinking, you will not feel the effects of alcohol as much, and you will greatly diminish the hangover effects. I have a super high-quality milk thistle extract that is also 70% ethanol, so you could just skip the beer and drink that alone. Milk thistle, you can get a supplement at GNC and other places, really? and um, I've seen several topics on Beer Advocate where, you know, these guys that drink a lot of beer, they take milk thistle supplements for liver health. Huh. So That's I, interesting. I, we should is, do some research there, on it and do yeah. a segment on it. Is there any negative aspects in milk thistle? It's expensive, I think. That's a negative aspect. Derek also wrote in with a link about how hangovers work, and that's going to be in our show notes. Mike wrote in and said that he's heard that John Barleycorn, which was the name of one of our uh, barley wines, is a slang for being on a drinking binge, as in, I spent the weekend with my old friend John Barleycorn. He uh, supplied us to a link to the Wikipedia entry, which also talks about an old folk song from Britain. That link's on our show notes as well. Chris wrote in, he just had a beer tasting at his house with beers from his fridge. Probably wouldn't have thought of doing this unless he listened to our show. Really? So, another mission accomplished. <laughs> spreading the, the beer advocacy. He had... Um, Let's toot our own horn some more. Doot, yep. doot. They were awesome. Uh, <laughs> he had quite a few beers in this tasting. His fridge was well stocked. Yeah, no doubt. Several from Victory, Magic Hat, Sam Adams, Brooklyn, Dogfish Head, Saranac, Samuel Smith, Stone... Titan, or uh, Great, Great Divide, Divide, Flying Fish. So I wish I was at Chris's house last weekend. <laughs> that would be very fun. Uh, that's it for email. On to news. This first story is submitted by our new intern, Scott. Scott's the guy who's been submitting all the What Beers Am I's for the oh, past yeah, several weeks, yeah. and now he's giving us news. <laughs> so I told him I'm going to start calling him Intern Scott. He said, here's a news item that might be of interest of your listeners. New Belgium Brewing Company typically did not distribute east of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Well, a friend of his saw a sign at a bar in Chicago claiming that they will have fat tire mid-February. So we're going to start maybe get some fat tire out this way or some other New Belgium beers. It'd be nice to see. I'm not too excited about the fat tire, but some of the other Belgian beers, like uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but La Folie or whatever, that's a, um, it's a lambic or something, a fruit lambic, I think. And it's supposed to be tremendous. Cool, got to give it a shot. Okay, this one is, is fun. Drinking joins smoking as a cancer risk. Apparently, along with smoking and chronic infections, alcohol consumption is an important cause of several types of cancer, say researchers. Excessive drinking risks, raises the risk of cancer on the mouth, larynx, esophagus, liver, colon, and breast. It may also be linked with cancer of the pancreas and lung. Good to know. Excessive drinking is bad for you. Yes. Imagine that. They don't say total avoidance of alcohol is what they're looking for. Right, but because first of all, not only they, they advise people to drink moderately because alcohol is a very protect. It, it's very good benefits for cardiovascular disease. It, alcohol helps the heart. 
and um, they, they they didn't say that they did not say it should be noted they did not say that moderate alcohol lowers your cancer risk well they did not say that moderate alcohol means you don't have any cancer risk any in imbibing of alcohol apparently gives you a cancer risk but you have to weigh that out with your benefits the cardiovascular benefits and the idea that as Jeff and I were talking about life seems to cause cancer yeah especially paint chips those are good. The lead ones are the best. Distributors bulk at Racy Beer Label. Here's a story from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's where a lot of Amish folk live. Mm. Microbrewery calls it cutting-edge artwork, but a few distributors are refusing to sell the Pennsylvania microbrew called Hedonism, which is from the Legacy Brewing Company. It shows bare torsoed characters kissing and caressing, so it probably has a, a, a shot or two of boobies. Oh, it's a cartoon, though. Yeah. Some places are selling the cases wrapped in paper. Other ones have returned it. <laughs> so it's just like Playboys. Yeah, I guess. I've never had any beer from Legacy Brewing Company. It's interesting because it's sort of double the, uh, double the, the protection for kids. <laughs> <laughs> a microbrewer in Houston is auctioning off on eBay the name of their fermenter. This is kind of crazy. St. Arnold Brewing Company, they've done this before. Whenever they get a new fermenter, they put an auction up on eBay, and the winner can name it. It can't be a company name. It can't be the name of any of their existing fermenters. So the last one... Yeah, check this out. Bob Gonzalez shelled out nearly $1,000 last year to name fermenter number 11 and dubbed it St. Gonzo. This year's auction, it ended already. Take a guess how much it went for. Three hundred dollars, touch over four thousand dollars. Oh my god! Don't know what the name is yet, but that's what the auction closed at. They must be a really good brewer company. I don't think I've ever had anything from St. Arnold's, but I mean, you don't get this kind of response if your beer sucks. Got big fans. Yeah, to dish out four grand to to name a fermenter. You also get invited to the company Christmas party, apparently. Okay, this is the most contrived Super Bowl bet category. The mayor of Latrobe, the home of the Steelers' training camp, and Rolling Rock Beer, mm-hmm, has made a bet with the mayor of Cheney, Washington, the home of the Seahawks' training camp, a case of Rolling Rock for a case of Northern Lights beer. <laughs> contrived. <Ooh. laughs> Wine drinkers buy healthier foods than beer drinkers do. This study says that if there's a wine bottle in your grocery cart, you're probably buying healthier foods than your fellow shoppers who are buying beer. People who bought wine bought more olives, fruit, vegetables, poultry, cooking oil, and low-fat cheese, milk, and meat. Or beer buyers bought more sugar, cold cuts, chips, pork, butter or margarine, sausages, lamb, and soft drinks. Is, is lamb... Wait, they have meat here and lamb. Is lamb like that much worse for you than, than wine? I mean, than, than other meat? I don't know. It's, it seems kind of a weird thing, but it's also just one of those ridiculous stories. And they also quote some other studies here. Wine drinkers have higher income, higher education level, healthier, leaner, and more likely to be young, middle-aged women who drink. Beer drinkers are less educated and more likely to be healthy young men who drink more alcohol. <laughs> of course, these are broad findings and do not describe everyone. Right. Anyway, <laughs> on to what beer am I? Last week's winners were Dave and Emily, and the beer was... Great Lakes, Edmund Fitzgerald Edmund Porter. Edmund Fitzgerald. This um, week, Scott the Intern has another beer for us. I'm a Bach, made with cocoa from Ghana. Cocoa. I am aged on a bed of chocolate. Belgian chocolate. I am served in a 750 milliliter bottle, and I am made by a sixth generation brewer. Sixth generation brewer. Not fifth or eighth. 
or seventh. I am the third. I am the third Bach to be offered by this brewery, one of which came in a small corked bottle, a blue small cork bottle, a blue one, huh? Hmm. So, if you have any guesses, send in an email to beer at craftbeerradio.com and let us know what you think it is. Oh, oh, we forgot to mention another news thing. There's a beer that's gluten free. That's available on the market. Passover honey beer made by the Rampo Valley Brewery in Hilburn, New York. This is interesting because they say it contains no barley or any grain. It's brewed with just honey, a hint of molasses, hops, kosher certified yeast, and water. Um, they say that it doesn't really taste like beer. Mr. Litzenberg, who, who runs the company, says it's hard for it to taste like beer that you know, and I know because we've taken everything away from it. But it does have a taste, trace of the beer taste. Well, it's 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 a uh, hopped mead, right? But they, a little, little bit further down the article, they talk about people who you know, if there's no cereal grains in it, no multi grain, it can't be beer. But apparently, you know, when they got the label approval, the FDA said, yeah, it's beer. But uh, I don't have, I don't care what they call it, but style wise, it's a mead with hops, which I don't think falls into beer. If honey's your primary fermentable, it can't be beer, right? If it's half and half, then you have a braggot. If it's all honey, it's not beer. Oh well. But if if you have a gluten allergy, which makes it so the it, gluten dissolves the lining of your intestines, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, I would drink it. Yeah, or I would drink a lot of mead. Right. <laughs> okay, on to our beers. First beer of the evening: Summit India Pale Ale from the Summit Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. This, this is my first Minnesotan beer. This is uh, uh oh. Uh, donated to us by Mark Davis from the Pittsburgh Bottle Shop Cafe. You say, uh-oh, why? It has a um, smell, I think. Maybe I'm completely off base, but... Yes, it does. Mark Davis is the Pittsburgh Bottle Shop Cafe down in Bridgeville, Pennsylvania. He has a great selection of craft beer, and I highly recommend it. He gave us a few bottles. It's uh, 5.8% alcohol in this one, 67 IBUs, hopped with Northern Brewer, East Kent Goldings. Malta with two-row Harrington Caramel and Special B. Skunky. Skunky aroma on this one. Skunky, but you wonder if that's... It smells a little bit like cigar smoke, too. If, if that's the hops or if that's the actual, actual skunky beer. No, I don't think it's the hops. <laughs> they're they're uh, English hops. Yeah, Brewer yeah and, that's true. And Fuggles. It smells a little bit like cigar smoke, actually. Can we review this one? It's a little skunked. Uh, there's no doubt about it. This is... Um, oof. It's a lot skunked. Yeah, it's a lot skunked. It's a malty beer, but there's a skunk sitting on top of the malt. As it's hitting at the end. It's unfortunate. And there's a real strong bitterness that kind of hits that's laying, laying there. Yeah, I, I think it's a little too skunked to review. Probably. Nice amber color. Very clear. And uh, someone had it under a spotlight, apparently. Uh, too bad. All right, well, let me go wash these glasses right. out. Okay, next beer. Next beer is Sam Adams Imperial Pilsner. This beer I bought myself from the bottle shop, Pittsburgh it's, Bottle Shop Cafe. It's 8.8%. It smells not skunked, yay! It smells very hoppy. It's a one-off release, uh, Harvest 2005. From, of course, Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts, at samadams.com. Available pretty much everywhere. They have an annual production of 1.2 million barrels. Oh, this is divine. The smell on this one. Wow. Yeah, it's almost a, a, a Bach-like smell. 
No, it's noble hops out the wazoo. No, but there, there's a malt backbone there. There's, there's a real maltiness there. Uh, Jeff just nose in the foam. Nose in the foam. And almost nose in the foam twice. <laughs> wow, almost like a, a a minty aroma from it too. We don't have what kind of hop, do we? No. no. It wasn't. This thing isn't listed on the Sam Adams website at all. So we're not sure. But this is you. Oh, you know why you're getting minty? This is made with harvest hops, the wet hops. Ah. So you're going to get a little more, vet, you know, green, lively right, flavor, right, and right. and the mintiness. That's what you're getting the aroma from. So it's it's a it's a cloudy sort of orange uh, with a nice uh, thick head. Yeah, lots of hopping really helps head retention. Remember that IPA we made? Right. That Sierra Nevada Pale Clone where I double hopped it? Uh-huh. It had a head like this, big fluffy head that stayed around for decades. The thing about that one, it, it, the great thing about it, it really wasn't that bitter. So being an Imperial Pilsner, it's crazy sweet. It's not dry and refreshing like the Pilsner we had in the right, pre-show. Right, right. It's, it's, it's a different sort of flavor. It's got, um, it's got this, uh, ooh, wow, that's really weird. Different, not not weird in a bad way, but like mm. the sweetness you'll get from a double IPA, right? But you have a different kind of malt. It's made out of mostly pilsner malt, so that's going to give you a different flavor and a different kind of hoppiness and, to the noble hops. Noble hops, and also probably a lager yeast too. Yeah, it's like the long lost cousin of a double oh, IPA. The their Hallerton uh, Middlefra. Okay. According to Jim Cook, this special hop variety is considered one of the best in the world, prized for its unique taste and aroma. It says hops selected fresh from this year's Bavarian hops harvest. Really? Mm-hmm. How'd they get them from Germany to Boston? And I guess you could do it in a day, but imagine how expensive that would be. You know, if if any craft brewer can afford to do that, it's Sam Adams. I guess. It's Boston beer. I mean, they, they're they the ones who have... Uh, them and Sierra Nevada are the ones who are the biggest of the the small guys. I don't know. Maybe they freeze dried them or something. Or would that work? That I have no idea. Well, you know, if you blast freeze it, then you know you get not nearly as much formation of ice crystals, which would decay the structure. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's or like, they just flew it and used them as soon as they could. That, that's true. I mean, but that's that when when you get like fish, like when we get fish at a sushi restaurant here in Pittsburgh, it's always flash frozen and flown in like a day and. Then the fish is technically very fresh at that point. It's, it's still the, the cells are still living. Okay, so that's you know how it works. I see. So maybe they are fresh hops all the way from Germany. That's it's impressive. Lots of logistics. The you know the sweetness is really coming out now. Now that I've had a couple uh, sips of this, and it's really quite inviting. I should say it's um, really delicious beer. It's got some of that noble twang. But there's enough of the of the hops in there that it doesn't it doesn't taste metallic like it would in some other ones. It's kind of over, the hops are, are so present that you, you can you get around that sort of metallic taste you can sometimes get. I just found myself wishing this had a little less sweetness to it. A little it was drier, lower in alcohol, more refreshing, like the uh, like the pills we, like had, the pills we had in the pre-show. Yeah, I, I just tasted so them. good tonight. No, you can't. It's a completely different style. They're they're relatives by name only, just about. And right. ingredients, too. The types of ingredients. This has a fair amount of bitterness to it. There's a bitter aftertaste that's hanging around, starting to build up the more you drink it. It's not bad, though. It's not sticky. No. It's definitely, it has my tongue coated, though. There's just this bitterness that's just flat across my tongue. I'm getting more sweetness than bitterness. 
Although I'm getting some of that twang. But like See, I said, uh, the twang to me is actually not bad. Yeah, I'm not noticing it there. I mean, like, well, we didn't get it in the other Pilsner either. I right. mean, that one tasted nice and fresh, too. And I, I know that my palate has definitely changed, and I don't taste lagers the same way I did a year ago this time. So It is interesting that we're having another high-alcohol beer. High-gravity <laughs> beer. I wanted to try it. Yeah, definitely. That's a uh, double IPA, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> We looked at the other beers we have lined up, and uh, I guess we, the, our goal of doing a, an all sort of low gravity beer show has been thwarted. This I time don't have now. a cellar full of low gravity beers, and I didn't get out to the shop. Deal with it. I'm going to have to. This is the Samuel Adams Imperial Pilsner. Very good drinking beer. Should have put this one in the snifter. I think maybe. I'm starting to get a little bit of that um, tongue coating you were talking about. Which, yeah, it does sort of lend itself to more snifterized tasting. Yeah. Little sips and... Uh, little sips, a thinner glass. The sweetness on this one, too. You drink too much, just it gets overpowering. And, yeah. And almost the buildup starts to make it think, oh, man, that's a sweet beer. So, yeah, definitely a small sips in this beer. And uh, give it some time. At 8.8%, it's, uh, it's probably worthwhile doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine drinking this beer through a hops transducer, like the uh, the dogfish head? You know that Randall, the animal. Yeah, animal? That'd, that'd, be, that'd be pretty crazy. They put the ninety minute through a hop transducer. A hop transducer is basically it's you're flowing the beer through hops. fresh hops, fresh hops, um, before, right before it gets into the glass. So it, it adds a whole lot of extra resin and stuff to the beer. And lots of hop flavor, yeah. for sure. Hop flavor and aroma. And I've never gotten to have one. The uh, Harris Grill here in Pittsburgh has one. Or Shady Side, I think that's I think that's Shady Side in the Why Shady Side area. We go in there. Right they don't know they don't always have it on tap. And Vicini's was supposed to start sending out emails when they were when, when Harrisville Grill was going to have Randall events, uh-huh. and I never got one. So I actually <laughs> forgot about it till just now. A friend sent me an email saying that Harris Grill had one night like an all you can eat bacon night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I See, didn't know how to take that. I'm not a huge fan of bacon. That's like six pieces for me. Yeah, so. I mean, exactly. I mean, how much is all you can eat of bacon? I mean, you can, you can. I love the taste of bacon, but moderation is key because at a certain point, it just gets it's it just a whole bunch of salt. I'm more of a sausage fan myself. I love bacon, but like I have a friend who also when he cooks stuff, he wraps everything in bacon. That's that's his primary cooking method. We'll do mushrooms with filled with shrimp meat wrapped in bacon. Or we'll do uh, some meat wrapped in bacon. Or we'll do shabbat wrapped in bacon. And you know, bacon adds flavor, adds moisture to meat and stuff like that. But at a certain point, it also adds. It's also really powerful, really powerful flavor yeah. that kind of overpowers. Latkes wrapped in bacon. <laughs> I, I'm sure you know he'd, he'd love bacon wrapped in bacon. And <laughs> isn't there a Homer Simpson where he was having? Uh, I'm sure you could do cheese wrapped in bacon, pork wrapped bacon, or something like that. Pork chops wrapped in bacon. <laughs> it's it, it gets to be a little much, I think. Bacon is is good in moderation, but yeah, like I said, I'm not yeah. a huge fan. For breakfast, I'll order sausage every single time. You want some more? Yeah, sure. Or do you want to uh, set aside till later? Let's do some more. All right. And what else is there to talk about besides bacon? 
think this thing might be bottle conditioned. It's possible. Or, or actually, I mean, no, the opposite. I think this thing might be filtered. I wasn't sure. It's a Pilsner, so drink fresh. Yeah. It's an Imperial. It's so age. It's green hopped. Drink, you know, wet hop. Drink fresh. So it's kind of a contradictory on how you're supposed yeah. to drink this beer. That little tag you got there might say, but I don't know. Uh, it says, "Stop reading me. You're on the air." Oh, okay. So, get a little bit more. And okay, this this bottle is kicked. Well, the day I bought this, they had it at the bottle shop. Uh, another guy was there. He listens to the show. I think. Uh, Ray? He's going to yell at me. Um, he's the painter guy. I think his name's Ray. Rick, Rich, Ray. Starts with an R. Anyway, he bought him out. He like bought like eight bottles of the stuff. Well, <laughs> he bought everyone but this one. It was, I was uh, you know down there having a couple beers, pitching the show, and he's been listening. He sent me an email before. He suggested that we do a tasting event at the bottle shop, and I, I'm going to call Mark Davis this week or mm-hmm. next week, and he wanted me to call him and talk about some things and I'm going to bring that up. I think that'd be cool where we taste some beers that he has. People can come and buy samplers, you know, like, you know, a bottle for two people, you know, you get the six pack for two people type right. thing, something like that. So we can try to work something like that. Again, the PA system is where I'm hesitating. <laughs> you know, we can't no going to be able to hear us, right? Yeah, we can't do this. People aren't going to hear us. Um, so I'd say it's been a while since I had the Morimoto uh, Pilsner. The Morimoto, obviously, it's a better bottle. <laughs> it's just it's a much cooler bottle. The uh, ceramic swing top yeah, bottle. Yeah, I recall that the, the taste they seem to be somewhat similar. Well, this one has the wet hops, right? So that's giving it more of that that mint you mentioned, mm-hmm. or the the live green flavor that you know is a way to describe what you're tasting here. Where the Morimoto was very similar, but it was a more traditional flavor from the hops, I would say. I think it was just about as sweet as this one. Yeah. Very similar in the, the malt on this one. You really get that freshness the first, as it first gets into your mouth, you taste a lot of that freshness. And then it kind of goes into the, the maltiness slash bitterness. Yeah, let me take another sip. Let me see how the flavors progress through this taste. I hadn't paid attention to it yet. So is it good, bad, or does it get you drunk? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's getting me drunk at eight and a half, 8.8%. I noticed a lot of the sweetness when I first sip it. At the beginning, I could taste the characters that the wet hops were giving yeah. a lot more than I can now. Yeah, the, 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 the first sip is really a lot. First couple of sips, mint, like yeah. you mentioned, for sure. And just the other, like, grassy-type flavors. I guess grass would be a good way to describe it. Now, it's hard to pick up. It's still hoppy, but you're not getting that special thing you're getting from the wet hops. Well, take another sip and let it roll on your tongue a little bit before you swallow. I think you'll get some more of that, that greenness. And then after you swallow, the bitterness comes out. Not in the flavor. When I was taking the sip, I was breathing in with, right over the beer in the glass. And there I could taste or, or smell the the green hopness. But as soon as the beer hit my tongue, it's that sweet malt. And right now, that's overpowering the hops. No, not not the whole hop flavor. Mm-hmm. The green, the wet hop flavor. Because there's still plenty of the Howertel yeah, hops yeah. <laughs> in there that are giving you plenty of hop flavor in, in the bitterness as well. Let's talk about this picture on the front of the bottle, which is, I guess, a couple people looking think, over some Is that some Jim Cook on the right there? They got the brown hair? It doesn't look like it. Oh, I guess not, no. Just two guys. 
It's uh, you've seen the Sam Adams commercials where they're right. they're testing hops, where they rub them in their hands, they take a big old whiff, and it looks like they just did a line of coke. Um, that's kind of what these guys. How would guys, you know, Jeff? I've seen enough movies where people do lines of coke, <laughs> but um, I mean that's what these guys are doing. They're, one guy's pointing to the hops in the other guy's mm-hmm. hand. They're really checking out these fine specimen of hops, which you know someday maybe I'll be that. I love the smell of hops and stuff, but I couldn't tell if a hop is a perfect hop or a not so good hop i could i mean if it's rotten you can tell but right you know you're not gonna a hop retailer is not gonna send you a yeah. box of rotten hops you and know it's hard for you to ascertain even when you smell a direct hop how it's gonna taste in a beer how all this all the aspects of it are gonna well that's what brewers it. learn to do i mean drinking unfermented wort you know before you pitch the yeast you've had some before mm-hmm. tastes completely different than the beer but yeah I'm not even to the point where I can say, yeah, that's a good tasting word or that's a bad tasting word. When you're yeah. a pro brewer, you learn, you might even be able to tell how strong a certain hop is because they're measured in alpha acids for the bitterness. But I'm sure they differ in a flavor and aroma compounds too, which aren't measured on the, you know, aren't written on the label. And maybe from a good old whiff, you can tell how strong a certain hop is or a batch of hops are for flavor and aroma. I could, I mean, I see that as possible. I don't know. It's uh, way over my head. Yeah. I got enough to think about. I would like to roll around <laughs> naked in a pile of hops someday, though. Off of crazy fantasies that <laughs> we didn't really want to hear in the first place, did you find out anything about your um, BJCP, BJCP test? test? Not yet. It's going to be several more weeks. Oh, my God. They really really kill you on that one. Huh? I'm not too stressed. I'm pretty sure I scored enough to pass. Maybe even enough to get the next rank up. Who knows? I'm like... Since I didn't finish, I'm not uh, not holding out hopes too much for that one, but we'll see. You'll be a certified. You'll be the card carrying VJCP. Judge. Be invited to uh, homebrew competitions as judges, as a judge, all over you know the region. We can put on our page that you're a BJCP judge. I could, and I'm just a schlub who happens to be doing the show with you. Right. I guess on to our next beer, which is. Mm-mm. Let's do let's do the LaConnor IPA. Okay, okay. This is LaConnor IPA. We don't have a thing on this, but this is the one that Jeff uh, had on his beer cruise, and he thought it was really different and interesting. Had a listener send this to me, and I'm sorry I didn't go through the emails and see who sent it. But uh, whoever lives on that island near Seattle, thank you very much. Greg's never had this beer. Uh, I, look at look at the head on that sucker. Oh, I poured that way too hard. Damn. <laughs> I didn't pour it hard, but man, the head came on that one. So, how so, you doing, Greg? Good. Well, it's getting a big head on yours, too, even though you're being very careful. Interesting. Well, not too much, really. No. It's all stuck in there in that huge head. The head is mm, about two fists worth. The, the beer is one finger, and the head <laughs> is the rest of the pint glass. <laughs> And I poured mine as gently as I could. So definitely a carbonated beer. Yeah. Wow. Great story about this beer. And uh, Scott from East End Brewing, I'm sure, is listening. He had a visitor flying from Seattle. And they brought she brought some beer, some Deschutes. And LaConnor made this beer, but they hopped each bottle. So there was a hop cone or two in the bottles. <laughs> bottle hopped beer. Made it all the way to Pittsburgh on an airplane. All the way to the brewery. As soon as they walked, she walked in through the the threshold of the door. The bottle exploded, 
glass went flying, cut up her arm and her leg. Oh my god! It almost hit Scott. Yeah, the exploding bottle of Laconer bottle hopped IPA. Jeez. So he never got the didn't get to try it from that one, obviously, because well, yeah. it was all over the floor. So the six pack that uh, the listener sent me, I gave Scott a bottle, and uh, I've had one bottle, and we got four. This is the third one, so <laughs> three more bottles. Of this there's no hops stuff. in there, though, huh? No, these aren't. This isn't the bottle hopped one. <laughs> that sounds interesting. A bottle hopped beer. It's, it's a cool idea. It's a, it's you know it's kind of a gimmick, but yeah. I'm sure it gives you a good hop flavor. But I would, I mean, dry hopping. Is it that. like the Cave Creek chili beer? <laughs> I think it was a marketing gonna, thing. Well, I mean, we, we, it was. I think it was only available one place. There is a place in Seattle. I think it's called the Beer Works. And I think that was the only place you could get the the bottle hopped Laconer IPA. We were going to have a tacky beer show, right? Or kitschy beer. Kitschy beer, yeah. Someone actually emailed us saying that they like the idea of doing a kitschy beer show. The question is, how many kitschy beers can we find? When I went to Seattle, I didn't get to go to the Bottle Works. Uh-huh. The Bottle Works, I think that was the name of it. It was uh, too far to walk. Actually, I think it was fairly far by taxi, too, but I could have got bad information. Uh, the day we spent going around Seattle, we just went to ones we could walk to. We went to Elysian, Pikes, and uh, well, those are the two we spent most of the time at. Those are the ones I'm walking distance. We went to Pike Street Market, too, which was really cool. So, big old head still. I, I guess you, I could try taking a sip of this. You dig your way through there, yeah. Not getting much in the way of um, uh, aroma, just because it's a heck of a lot of head. A lot of head. I can't even get to the beer yet. <laughs> I got to the beer. Okay. What's your first opinion? Um, The hot flavor is kind of... Uh, Hmm, how do you how do you best describe this? Is it's a darker hop flavor, if you can consider it that. It, it's not as bright. It's um, sort of a little bit on uh, on the side of boy. I'm, it's really it's really hard. It's a different flavor to describe it. I mean, the thing is not is not a bright citrusy, but more of a down. Okay, this earthy. beer is hopped with warrior hops for the bittering. And Amarillo for the finishing hops. It's hard to really get a sample of this beer with all the head in the way, but I'll tell you what I've had when I've had this beer before. It's a very harsh flavored hop. Lots of alpha acid in there. Well, let me first preface this by saying I really became accustomed to the flavor of this thing on the beer cruise, and everyone was drinking this until it was gone. This was everyone's like first choice. The beer's kind of harsh, and it's kind of reminiscent of... Um, cat pee if you will i mean the best possible cat pee but it's a <laughs> a very good vintage cat pee yes very, exactly being that i've never actually tried cat pee it's hard for me to make the comparison but i i, I don't and i've never actually you know it's a very abrasive hop hopping wouldn't I you mean, say i don't know i wouldn't call it abrasive but like i say the hoppiness is much more earthy than you're used to with an IPA. You're used to something a little bit brighter, a little bit more citrusy, a little bit more sour. But this is just kind of darker and just sandier. Okay. Yeah, that works. There is another beer made in Seattle that is... Um, I'd love to try that again, too, and that's Hale's Mongoose IPA. Very good. Not quite as rough as this one is, because you said it wasn't too abrasive or harsh. I'd still say this is a harsh or a rough hop character in this beer but it's one you get used to and you really learn to enjoy it, it, it's a tasty beer i can see why you like it so much ah uh, but man what what is that I'm trying to identify the flavor i can see how this flavor there are aspects of it that if you turn them up 
it would be a very negative flavor. But if you think of flavor as like a chord, say in music, right? It's a bunch of different notes all working together in harmony. Whereas if if the notes if you have some notes that are off or, or, or you have you, you're missing some notes of the chord or you have a one of the particular one of the particular notes of the chord is is wrong, then it'll sound really harsh and bad. And that's where and that's where it gets to the point where you think this flavor could be really bad if there weren't some other notes in there to suppress it. There's a chord there that sure. really works really well. And if that chord, if there are aspects of that chord that weren't there, it'd be bad. So you're saying that uh, he's walking a fine line. Yes. And he's doing it right. Yeah, I could understand that. I met the brewer at, on the beer cruise. The first night we had a little beer festival. Had a bunch of breweries come in on the ship before the ship left port and we tasted all these beers and then the brewers left before the ship left port but they left the beers to drink throughout the week right and uh, I talked with him and the first time I had this beer I'm like wow that's different it was completely different hopping than anything I've ever had and the fir- uh, you know at first I, I didn't think I liked it and then as more I you know, had another sample I'm like okay I understand it now it's and it really took a little bit to get accustomed to it. You know that reminds me of Rodenbach. Okay. The first time I had it, I was like, uh, you because know, you were saying mm, this is great beer, and I, I had it. And I was like, oh, well, what's what's going on here? I wasn't sure. I wasn't really accustomed to that sort of. It's a little bit of sourness. It's, it's some fruitiness. I just wasn't expecting that, I guess. And when I got that, I wasn't sure what to take with it. I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. So when he asked me what I thought of it, I was like. Eh. I don't right. know. Then I just kept having it. I kept ordering it more and more You're and like, more. And then you realize, I just ordered that like eight, last yeah. eight times I've been here. <laughs> I must like it. Yeah, that's with this. By the end of the week, I mean, we drank this beer, and it was the first one to kick on the ship. You know, they brought several cases of all the beers, and this was the first one to kick. Everyone loved this beer. Like I said, I was so happy that someone offered to send me some of it because, <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for getting used to it, but oh, it's tasty. It's good stuff. Oh, we've only talked about the hops. It's a dry tasting beer, dry yeah. finish. The uh, with the hop, Connor Brewing uh, India Pale Ale, by the way. With the hopping in this beer, it, it's not. I mean, there's there's malt there, but you know, it doesn't draw your attention at all. The hops are what draw your attention on this beer. I'm not still not getting much aroma out of this beer, and my head's down low. I gave Greg like the last half ounce or the last quarter ounce of the bottle. Yeah, there's not and there's, it, and there's not a lot of aroma at all. And it spurred the head back on his beer. He's back to half a glass of foam again. Again, it's a combination of carbonation and the hop oils that help promote head on the beer. Try our next beer, which is the Loose Cannon from. This is this is Flying Dog, right? Clipper City. Clipper City. Flying Dog and Clipper City have somewhat similar artwork styles, so that's why I got confused. This is a double IPA? Yeah, it's a double IPA. It's a winter seasonal, I believe. Might be year-round, but... Oh, man, wow, another heady, heady beer. <laughs> okay. This is a... It's sort of a lighter... Um, Letter color. By the way, our last beer, just so we repeat it, was the LaConnor Brewery's IPA. This is the. Repeat it for me again, Jeff. Clipper City Loose Cannon. Clipper City Loose Cannon. It's the. Look at this. Instead of a double IPA, they call it Hop Cubed Ale. <laughs> it's Hop to the Third Ale. See, this is where I think that sometimes you can get a little bit of a skunky smell from hops. I don't think this is skunked, but I can almost smell. 
a little bit of of cascade pushing into skunk. Yeah, it's not fresh though. It, I think it might be a little light struck. Really? Uh, let's see. Because cause that that's the primary aroma I'm getting. <laughs> I do think it's a little light struck. Where did I get this one from? You know, I got this one from the bottle shop too. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got this from the bottle shop too. See, there might be a little bit of skunkiness on the end. It's weird. There's kind of a sweetness, and then it hits for a little bit of that uh, bitterness. It might be skunkiness. It's interesting. But I think it's skunked. Yeah. Yep, it's skunked. I'm going to have to talk with Mark, make sure he has some UV coating Ooh. on his lamps. Now, the, I took a bigger sip, and yeah, that, that's pretty apparent. That's that's, yeah. that's pretty skunked. Oof, <laughs> that stinks. Well, I guess we try our this beer. Yeah, that was supposed to be post-show. <laughs> now it's the third beer. <laughs> we'll be right back as we pour these out. Yeah, I'm showing Greg a bottle of Corson on Christmas that I pulled out of my cellar last week. And uh, the fill level on it, Greg, would you like to describe? There's about, a th- it's about a third of the way full. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where the rest of the beer went. I do not remember being, I don't remember. I had Has like, it been opened? It doesn't no, grow. I had eight bottles of Corson on Christmas, and I did not catch it being an empty, almost empty bottle when I put it that's, that's in the That's really cellar. peculiar. Huh. Let's crack it open and see what yeah. it smells like. There's pressure in it. Smells good. How come it's only a third of the bottle full? Oh. I'm going to take a sip of this before okay. we move Might on. as well. I mean, we have a lot less beers to review in this one. It's oxidized, that's for sure. Very sherry. Take a taste of this. Mm. Wow. Yeah, with the, I think with, with uh, all, all that hair, headspace. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. It's interesting. Okay. It's not really a No, it's oxidation. actually pretty good. <laughs> it's amazing how much that oxidation can actually cause some good flavors. Oh, well, on to our last beer. Adam, my hair. It's a Old Ale, I believe. Batch number 64. Okay. This was supposed to be the beer for the post show, but Skunkamania has hit us. We should call this the Skunk Beer Show. No, that, people think the wrong things. <laughs> oh... Okay, so this is a much darker beer. What kind of beer is this? This is a. Uh, it's an old ale, I believe. Old ale. Especially with the two skunks, this is really going to have the appearance of a very mix and match show. The skunkiness is not my fault. They have been stored in fine condition since they've made it to my house. It's very, very dark here, almost porter dark. Very, very bottle condition, too. There is a thick pile of sludge on the bottom of this bottle. <laughs> really? Let's see that. I love looking at bottle condition stuff. Wow, look at that sucker. Yeah. Lovely. Ooh, Use the aroma on it. It's nice. Ooh, it's, it's almost some um, barbecue-like. <laughs> you get some, like, it's really like a, a burnt uh, oak or something like that. Yeah, there's some smoky smokiness to yeah. it. I First couple of sniffs, I had... Uh, there's definitely a cherry aroma in there too. 
And a lot of alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> there's some sort of fruitiness, and there's... Uh, oh, you know what the smell is? Duh. The cherry that I was saying? It smells like a Belgian yeast, doesn't it? It does a little I do bit. not know if this beer is Belgian, uh, but it has a Belgian aroma maybe to Maybe raisiny? Whoa. That hits you differently, doesn't That's it? That's a smoked beer. <laughs> Holy cow. That uh, the difference between this one and the last one is is pretty severe. This is um, that's a smoke. It's a definitely beer. definitely smoked, definitely, uh, and uh, prickly carbonation with a, a very in your face kind of smokiness. And the smoke, the flavor, first sip, it evolves, it changes, it gets sweeter. It uh, before it went away, it tastes a lot like alder smoke. And you know which beer is smoked over alder, Greg? Where'd you get this? This is Hair of the Dog Brewing Company. Someone sent it to me. This is delicious. Yeah, it is. This is really delicious. Adam from Hair of the Dog. Oh, 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 oh my God. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a next closest relative would have to be the Alaskan Smoke Porter, oh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very similar in terms of the, the smokiness and the kind of... Uh, Hair of the Dog Adam, 10%. It is an old ale brewed by Hair of the Dog Brewing Company, available year-round. Portland, Oregon... Ooh, wow, that's good. I could drink a lot of these. <laughs> Man. You know, we have a couple of skunk beers, but we've also had a couple of really good beers, so it's an interesting show. So the aroma on this one, it smells... What is that? I'm having trouble placing the aroma. It's just kind of a smoky, like, charcoal smell. But like, a Oh, you know what? It smells like a red wine. Maybe a slightly smoky. You're room. right. Wow, good call. It smells. Like, I'm like smelling it. I'm like, what kind of alcohol is that? What smell? It smells like a red wine. There's definitely something like a, there. Uh, yeah. a Cabernet Sauvignon or something. It's a aroma similar to that. I said Cabernet Sauvignon because that's like one of the two wine styles that I really know and like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big. Fan. I've I've gotten into more like white wine stuff like that. I think. Uh, a dry white wine is really one of my favorites. Dry reds are where I go. Cabernet Sauvignon, Alicante. Those are the only two styles. If so I see you're not going for like a Merlot or a Chianti. You're going for something something dry. dry. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this smells like a red wine. The flavor on it tastes an awful lot like Alaska Smoke Porter. It's Actually, it, this last sip, it tasted more like alder the whole way through. It's more really delicious. This, this is excellent. I mean, mm, I love hair of the dog. Here's a little description about the beer. A recreation of a historic beer style, originally made in Dortmunder, Germany. It was the first beer I produced when I opened Hair of the Dog. Wow! Starting off with this beer? Oof. Rich flavor. Adam is best served as a dessert beer. It is great with chocolate or cigars. We haven't really talked about food pairings with beers lately. No, we haven't. Or just a warm fire and good company. It's 10% alcohol by volume and 50 IBUs. Click the picture for a larger view. More, please. Oh, here's the vintage guide. Duh. Which bottles? Which? 64. 64. <laughs> Website's not updated to 64. <laughs> they use only the finest whole... They use whole... Fla- whole uh, Website they, hasn't been updated since 2003. <laughs> they use whole hot flowers in this. Okay. So, is this not pellets? So, the flavors in this beer. A lot of smoke. 
And the, the smoke malt is delicious. Mm-hmm. It has a fairly sweet flavor to it, but it finishes dry. It's got a prickly carbonation to it, which really kind of adds to the whole sensation, I think. I think we found a new wow beer. This is <laughs> no doubt about it. This is on my list. Wow. <laughs> I have to find some pretty good beers to, to, to compete with this one. This one is excellent. This is, uh, well, let's get the other beer. Let's figure out what, what our beers are tonight. But this is number one for both of us, no yeah. doubt. This is Hair of the Dog, Adam. Wow. Number two. Well, I guess get we got skunk, hot- skunk one and Skunk two. Yeah, get the Hot Pocket out here because that's uh Oh, yeah. The pre-show beer, which is Tupper's Hot Pocket Pills. Right. Okay, do you want to go first or should I? I'll go. Okay, you go. Yeah, I think I'm, number two, I'm going to put the Tuppers. It was a light, refreshing beer, and it was refreshing for us. Uh-huh. All these heavy winter beers. Drinking that one was like invigorating. It was like, okay, I'm yeah, ready to do yeah, this that's, show that's right now. True. Number three, I'm going to have to put the same Adam's Imperial Pilsner. Okay. Then number four, I'm going to have to put... Oh, wait, I forgot about the little Connor. You know what? I'm going to put the same abs in front of the little Connor. Hmm. I. Hmm. Hmm. We should we should probably point out that among these four beers, these are all great beers. Yeah. These are all really exceptional beers. They're not last place. I I, I told you how much I love that little Connor flavor. Yeah. <sighs> Do I want to put that in front of the same Adams or not? The, I'm, I'm going to put. I'm going to say afterwards, but in my heart they're tied. Okay. And then I think the loose cannon could have been a very good beer. Yeah, if it wasn't skunked. That mm-hmm. was tasting good, and the summit was so, so skunked we couldn't even tell what it tasted like. It's true. Wow. Okay, uh, my beer selection is pretty much the same as yours. Uh, I would go with a hair of the dog, of course. Number one, the Adam, exceptional. Tupper's hot pocket. Wow, it really, it really break. It really made us want to do the show. I mean, it was like, whoa, yeah, beer show, woohoo! Yeah, it was great. Exactly. Uh, these two, the Sam Adams Imperial Pilsner and the uh, LaConnor IPA, I share the same thing with you struggling to, to rank them because they were both really good. How do you rank them? I'm going to go and put LaConnor in front of uh, Sam Adams. Okay. Just barely. All four of these beers are great. I mean, Adam would be number one, of course, in our hearts because this is... <laughs> this is great, mm-hmm. but uh, and and then the hot pocket, excellent. I think the loose cannon would have, oh, it would have been right up there with the, the loose the, cannon would have been high. The loose cannon would have been up there with the top with the with the top the hot pocket. Uh, but right now, like you say, I mean, it was it was skunked, so unfortunately, it goes uh, second to last. Mm-hmm. And although there were some good flavors there, couldn't get them all. And like I said, the summit was so skunked; it yeah. was really hard to tell what it tasted like. Right. And the course and bonk was really interesting. It was uh, one, <laughs> one third of the way filled. How the hell did that happen? Mm. Anyway. Ooh, that's delicious. Well, you want to wrap it up? Can we get more of this somehow? <laughs> we probably could. <laughs> we probably could. Hair of the dog, Adam. Excellent. I guess that's it. What are we doing next week? We don't know. Hate not letting people know, but yeah. Hey, we're still doing shows, so quit <laughs> your complaining. And this is episode thirty shows, thirty shows. Wow, isn't that ridiculous? I've been here thirty times, thirty-one times, really. Yeah, that's a just to do shows. What else would you do on a Thursday night? Probably play WoW all day. Well, this is more fun. It is. Well, thank you everybody for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If this was your first time, hope you enjoyed the show. 
And tune in next week while we drink some more great American craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. If you have any questions or comments, email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. And feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. Our intro and closing music is Lameface by Feeble Wiener. You can find a link to Feeble Wiener on our website. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Yeah, 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 yeah,